0: here with derek bridges uh, the director of the man in the red beret uh, a film a documentary film about the world the world uh, i guess master chess player uh, jude uh, acers in new orleans and it's just a really interesting film it's funny because personally i've gotten involved in chess myself in the last like uh, probably like last like five six months because my kids got into it and uh, so then i was playing with them and then I talked to friends and then everybody's on this chess.com thing and and, and mm-hmm. now I got into chess too and so when this film came along for me I was like oh my god like this is like such a this is like I was even more interested because I just started getting into chess myself so a uh, really interesting film about this this ma- obviously master chess player I'm curious when did you first meet him personally
1: Yeah I met Jude back in uh it was around 2000 um I was working at the library at Loyola University, um, and around that time, and, and Joe would come in at night, this is back, the, the library was open to the public, but it was only like maybe a half dozen computers back then available for people to jump on, and he would come in late at night and uh, with his red beret and everything, and he would get on uh, those computers back there, and he'd jump from like computer to computer, always wondering what he was doing, I, and i check afterwards, and he'd have like different games going on around the world, and uh, just writing thing. He's a pretty prolific writer, too. Um, so, but around that time, the Oxford American magazine out of Oxford, Mississippi, arts, kind of an arts magazine, uh, they did a, a really, really great uh, profile of Jude by uh, the writer Matt Teague. And, um, and again, it got into a lot of Jude's backstory about his you know, difficult childhood and his uh, interesting life that I couldn't get too deeply in in the documentary in terms of his time in San Francisco, but the article covered that and, and so forth. And so after I read that, next time he came in the library, uh, I just chatted him up. And he happened to have like uh he was doing a little simul exhibition at a coffee shop in New Orleans, and uh and I and I was getting into photography at the time. I was taking photography classes at Loyola, and um so I you know said I'd like to come to one of your exhibitions and take some pictures, and and I did, and uh And interestingly enough, he, uh, when the next time I saw him, I printed out a nice, like 11 by 17 black and white print form. And I gave it to him. He said, Oh, excellent. This is going to get on the World Wide web. Millions of people people are going to see it. And I'll send you a check. You'll get a check in the mail. And and lo and behold, I did, I did get a check for a hundred bucks in the mail. Um, and this guy, uh, Rick, uh, Paul Reichsneider was the guy's name, and he had Jude. He was kind of a Jude's uh, uh, manager at the time, and he had Jude Acres com the URL, and he posted the photo there and so forth. So you know, and I kind of kept kept in touch with him every so often because he's in the quarter, and I, you know, I might see him when I go down there. But I didn't really get deep into things with him again until about twenty ten um, when I was. I had up a website, had a bunch of friends around the country posting stuff. And, and I was looking for something to write about. I thought, well, I'll go back to Jude. I'll dig, I'll do a deep, deep dive with him. And so we, we had, you know, set up a cafe de demand in, in the quarter. And, uh, I have a quarter, had a little digital quarter and we talked for several hours and, and, then I wrote all that up into an article. And that's what led to the documentary. A friend of mine said, Hey, you know, it's a great subject. And the camera I was, using at, you know, I was using a, I was shooting with a Canon rebel um and, and and that was like digital slr can, uh, filmmaking was kind of becoming a thing and he was like saying, hey you can make a movie with that so that's how it was all started
0: That's so how it all started so the, then it said in the beginning of the film that you shot it from 2012 to 2023 so you shot it for like basically 12 years yeah
1: yeah yeah uh yeah like 11 years um well I'm, yeah yeah I'm, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm right. including yeah.
0: at least twelve years, so if you if you count it all. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, if you if, yeah exactly. Um <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that's uh, and, and 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 life is complicated, you know. I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was uh and we you know we're shooting with i was just shoot with your road on camera mic um at the beginning. And so eventually, you know, we I we got uh five D Mark three cameras and got Sennheiser wireless mics, so it improved our technology a bit and got a little better at it and and, and i had a, a difficult time in my personal life around 2014 my dad died and then 2015 yeah. uh my uh, my wife left me and i lost my job and so it took me a couple of years to kind of pull myself back together and get back on the case so it, it's not that i didn't shoot stuff during that period it's just not as much as i was doing otherwise
0: but were you kind of trying to find the story or were you like what was the
1: like- i was just trying to um Well first off, Jude's a lot of fun to hang out with. He he's such a character. And so partly it's just fun, you know, doing this, you know. And 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 like I said, I really didn't know what I was doing. So I I had to learn so much. I I, like when I started, I wasn't gonna be an editor. I was just gonna kinda like shoot a lot and kinda be a director, I guess. Uh but my my friend was gonna be the editor and then he backed out and um eventually I figured, well, I gotta figure out how to edit and if this is ever gonna get finished. So uh, so that took a while to figure that out too. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So it was almost like a film school for you making the film. Yep. You know,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, that's really the motivation. To, other than having Jude having a great story and an interesting guy, um, I thought, you know, I want to learn. I really want to do uh, learn how to make a movie, and and the best way to, at least for me at that time in my life, is well, just go and make one, and you you learn by doing it. And documentary, I felt, was probably the most forgiving form um, in that sense. Uh, then maybe a feature scripted work. Um, so yeah, that, I, I just you know, if I want to learn how to do it, I just I should just try to do
0: it. Well, and speaking of editing, uh, because you said you're learning how to edit, they're, they're, your opening is fantastic because you establish a lot. You establish the city of New Orleans, you establish this character, you establish like the, what the community feels about them, but you get a feel of like, of, of even like the way you kind of like shot. Him like even setting up the table in the morning like he's like he, this is who he is right and uh, and 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 then he but the biggest thing is that he's he's a teacher he yeah. he, he teaches like the, there's always like even when he's like you're showing him playing people it's like he's always trying to educate he's always trying to say okay this is what you could do he's trying to I always try to make people better not just like beat them it's not like a, a gimmick. It's more of like it's more of like a community, I guess, right? Like,
1: and, and that's also sincere. Yeah, he he's an absolute evangelist for the game, yeah. And he, and he he, he has uh, he loves turning people onto the game and, and and also just reinforcing their interest in the game. And, and nowadays, you mentioned chess.com. A lot of folks, who, you know, chess is more popular than ever. But a lot of people who play Jude, uh, he's like the only flesh person in the flesh that they play. They're like always playing online. So it, it's kind of unique how that's changed for him over time. I imagine. Yeah, well, because
0: we're we're playing more than ever, right? Like we're yeah. it's sort of like poker yeah. in a sense. We're like eventually these guys who play poker see every hand in, t- in today's era, right? Like we're they're going to see right. they, they're going to see every every version of every hand that ever can be created because they play so much. And like so even if you go thirty years ago, that never existed. Same thing with chess, right? You're like. You can play i can play like five games i
1: work 12 hours a day and, and still play five games right absolutely and, and like and he just peppers all of his dialogue with folks with chess lore and chess insight um like you took a specific move he, he uh, he'll have like an instance like 14 years ago i was playing in tournament in in prague and or, yeah. you know and uh and, and he'll tell the story about the or about some great you just made a move that like an incredible grandmaster made back in the day. And, you know, so he fills you in on all that too.
0: There's so many variables, right? Like it's like, it's, uh, you know, every every player gets 16 pieces or 64 pieces <laughs> on the board. There's all these angles, all these, like, it's just, yeah, there's something really interesting about how he can reference something like 14 years ago. And and it's like, I guess it's been more popular. I was researching about it. It's like, it's chess has been more, is more popular than ever. We had the Queen's Gambit uh, TV show during COVID. Everybody was at home, everybody was watching the series, right?
1: Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Well, his career arc, I mean, there's been two big flashpoints for chess. The first one was the Bobby Fischer boom in 72 when he won the world championship, yeah. and then uh, Queen's Gambit. And those were like the two sort of seminal like chess boom moments in his career. And so, yeah, and that was especially coming in during COVID, that was huge because. Things were so dead, obviously, during COVID, uh, despite him being outside and everything.
0: So when did you kind of like, just from a filmmaking perspective, did you like, you had all this footage. Obviously, you have, you have to find a narrative, right? You have to find a thematic. Where, when did it all kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm now I'm going to make the film. Now I've shot <laughs> all this footage. Now it's time to put the film together.
1: Yeah, you know, I was, uh, well, you know, when the pandemic happened, uh, right, right before it happened, I was like fixing to really drill down and reach out to some chess. I, I was reaching out some like John Donaldson is one person I interviewed, um, and I I had arranged. He, he's if you don't know him, he was he was a uh, let's say he's, he's written a very very important book about Bobby Fischer. He was a he kind of ran the, the the chess room at the Mechanics Institute in uh, San Francisco for a long time. Um, and he's just a real, and he's very knowledgeable, uh, very active in, in the U.S. Chess Federation as an official and all sorts of things. In um, which I had range with him because St. Louis nowadays is like the epicenter of chess in the United States. Uh, the uh chess room or chess club uh, is the St. Louis Chess Club is there, run by the you know the millionaire um, Rex Sincklefeld. And uh, anyway, uh, John Donaldson was going to be in St. Louis. Uh, and I think it was around that March or April 2020, uh, and I was we'd arranged, I was going to meet him at St. Louis and interview him there, and then the pandemic happened and all that blew up. And I was so frustrated. And it was like, everything shut down, um, and yet I, I want to finally, you know, do, do his interviews with him and like Bruce Pan, Pandolfini was another one. Um, so it, I just decided to just do it by Zoom, you know, uh, like we're doing now. And, and, you know, my wife, uh, I'm married in 2018, she watches a lot of stuff on YouTube different. Um, she's a designer and or- professional organizer and stuff. And, uh, and I, I started to watch all of the YouTube stuff with her. And it, it just seems to me, and then pandemic, obviously my different jobs I've had, I, we had to do a lot of zoom meetings and so forth. It just seemed like people were more forgiving in that perhaps now than previously of uh, that kind of using that kind of footage, I, I decided just to give it a go. And, and, and that's, I went ahead and did my interviews with John Donaldson with Zoom and, and just kind of drill down on that side of it because he was, a, as you know, he was a, the chapter in the in the documentary called The Road, He Donaldson's the main source uh, throughout that for parts of that. And um, so that was a part of the story. You know, when I wrote that original article in 2011, you know, I knew from that article, I knew the, the whole arc of the story and the different things I wanted to hit that I wanted to cover. So that was always in my mind. And then we we just kept gathering all this footage um, in the can. And when it's, like you said, it was time to put it all together. You know, some of this stuff kind of fell out in pretty obvious ways, you know. There's an element that's kind of chronological. I want to cover his childhood. I want to cover his, a bit of his time in LSU, his time when he goes out west in San Francisco. and there's this so-called Jude Acres rule that was, uh, um, you know, you, you can see it on Wikipedia, you know, the Chess Federation froze June's rating for a number of years. Uh, and so it's a controversial thing I knew I needed to touch on for yeah. people who knew about Jude. Um, so that kind of stuff kind of fell into place. And then the second half of, of the, of the documentary is largely about his relationships with people. Um, uh, Marilyn Peleus, she's a surgeon. They went to, she went with him to Croatia when they competed in the Fede, Fede World Senior, and that was a really important part. I knew we we're gonna hit, be a chapter dedicated to that. Um, but uh, and then there's this, the guy Jesse who who beat Jude in the game. Was very excited. He knew that's gonna be a little story. Um, but then COVID itself is it like, my God, this guy plays chess in the public. We didn't know the, in the early days how dangerous that would be, and, yeah. and 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 everything was shut down. There was no one walking or probably anyone playing him too. So I, I knew that was a compelling part of the story. Some question people would have was like, how did this guy make it out there in COVID? And so that, and that led to the story of Bailey Badaway, who befriended Jude and not, he runs his social media stuff and has a nonprofit kind of dedicated to his, his legacy. Um, and that seemed like a pretty natural ending to the story.
0: Yeah. So you kind of like, it all kind of came together. Like you, had a, you showed his origin story, the conflicts he's had on the way, the person that beat him, and then obviously during COVID, like here's a guy. I guess that that's his that's his living, right? He's playing for five dollars a game. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. I mean, sometimes he'll have lessons for people who meet him. Like he'll meet at a local hotel and they pay paying for a couple hours of his time. It might be a couple hundred dollars, that kind of thing. So that that does happen. But yeah, by and large, it's five dollars a game, though.
0: So who's his? Uh, who's his accountant or money person? Like, uh, f- like figuring his, all this, his, this stuff out.
1: <laughs> he's on his own, man. He's a he, he's a he's an island that way. He, yeah. he just fills his pockets with the money, and you know.
0: <laughs> and then so when so when the IRS, he just says,
1: uh, that's- well, yeah, he, yeah." I guess he. I'm not sure who who actually does his taxes, but I know well, he, Maybe, he's done I, maybe I shouldn't yeah. be
0: saying anything. Yeah. Right. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a. It's a. Interesting question. Yeah, no, because it's yeah. It's been how many how many games does he play on average a day? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, he'll go, he'll go an hour or two, with no one playing, and then he'll have someone to sit down and play him twenty games in a row. You know, so obviously, uh, you know, in busier tour season, he's going to be busier. You know, he's, he's a very active on Decatur Street where he sets up. It's a very active street in the in the French Quarter. And so I guess there's a lot of foot traffic there. And, and of course there are people who just who seek them out, who, who, who come every, every time they come to Noron's, they go and play Jude um, kind of just chess, chess tourism, you know? So, um,
0: no, it's just, it's it, well, if this film it gets a nice distribution, goes on uh, uh, and it gets seen, there's going to be line lineups around the, around the block, right? Like, it's, like
1: it's. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm mean, saying?
0: like, yeah,
1: yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And, he he, he charged totally six dollars
0: a game after that.
1: If anyone out there wants to bring Jude Aker to her town and screen a movie, he's game to do that. He'll 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 put on a sign. He'll go to local j- a prison. He'll go to the schools. He'll put on exhibitions. Um, yeah, he's available for that for sure. That's what he would love to do. I want to go to New
0: Orleans. Forget about all the other attractions, just to play him one game.
1: Yeah, do it, do it. I'd be happy to. I'd be, I'd have fun uh, witnessing that.
0: Okay, so he. Uh... So basically he got a degree in, in Russian, correct. Uh, basically. Yeah. So like 17 years old, he was rated uh, chess master already. So he's got what, okay. I'm just always curious about this. Like, so what does he see that, like what, cause you said that uh, there's an origin story, like his dad was a Marine. So he probably had some strategics. I'm just looking at his genetics, right? Yeah. Strategic skills, I guess. And then his mother struggled with like mental ill issues who knows what she, what she suffered, like, cause it obviously wasn't probably properly diagnosed back, back then. Right. right. So, so what, what do you think that is, is in his mind? Like what, what if you, cause you spend so much time with them. What's, what is he seeing that we don't see?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, he has incredible uh, capacity, memory capacity. I mean, and, and keep in mind, also, Jew is a very straight arrow. You know, he's never drank, never done any drugs, or anything like that. So he, he's coming at you very clean that way, and uh, yeah. and he's very really intense. I you know, he's year, like a right? very he's got so much energy, and yeah, yeah, and he's going strong. I mean, I, I, you know, I can, I'll still have difficulty keeping up with him walking around the corner. He walks very fast. He's never driven. He doesn't have never had a driver's license. He doesn't drive. He walks everywhere um so he's very healthy especially for a guy his age he's he he um yeah he's great he got incredible stamina um and in his his obsession with the game is just unrelenting it's like from the time as a kid when he got into the game till now i don't think it's really changed a lot he's other than just he just has the, the volume of, of material he keeps up in his head and continues to grow he keeps adding to it um and, and he, he's He's such a, a student of the game he loves to watch like all the great tournaments and you know carlson's latest victory and and so forth so he, he's constantly learning you know keeping up on what's the latest um his father was a really uh bright guy um a, a troubled guy um but you know their family i think his okay so I kind of like imply, you know, it's stated in the documentary, but not maybe, maybe not explicitly. But his father was estranged from his parents. Okay, um, and so he like when his when his father died, uh, Jude's sister uh, Judy uh, found all these letters that their grandparents had written to Jude and Judy that their father had never given them. So they, you know, they thought they didn't care. So, like, that was kept from them. Um, and then Jude became estranged from his father. Like, when he left as left the family at, like, 16-year-old sixteen year, 16 year old when he was a, a ward of the state of Louisiana for uh, a year or two, he never engaged his father again and never saw him again. So, like, that pattern in the family repeated. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in terms of his intellectual capacity, I think, it, yeah, his father was a, Went to Notre Dame. He played. He was actually on uh, new, on the football team at Notre Dame. Newt Rockney was his coach. Oh, really? Um, that's that's amazing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't find a way to wedge that in there, but yeah, that, that's, that's the thing.
0: No, um, no, no. The, because there's, but, short, yeah. It, but there's he was to have, right? So, yeah. Right, right. No, because you're, you're, um, you're but yeah, you know, finding your your thematic, you're streamlining your narrative. If that has nothing to do with what you're streamlining, then you can't add it.
1: To yeah, that. exactly. That doesn't move the story forward. It doesn't move yeah. the story forward necessarily, but it it's, it is an interesting detail. Um, so yeah, he, he uh, obviously his father's a really bright guy, but he was an alcoholic, and so Jude that's part of the reason why he's a teetotaler. You know, it's like he didn't want to repeat those kind of mistakes that his father did. Um, so I think there was I think there were a lot alike is, is the short answer.
0: So you you uh, described the way in the blog interview I said described the asked, we asked you uh, describe the the uh, film in two words and you said Moxie and heart.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, this is like primarily the documentary was made by myself and Caitlin Hanrahan uh, who's a part. Cover with me and a lot of this she she shot a lot of stuff she was right there with me a lot she went to Croatia with me um so just a two-person team neither of us knew what we we're doing we're getting into it um so you just have to stick to in this of it all uh, required a lot of moxie to to kind of see our way through and then heart is just like you know as i said in the, in the interview i think it mirrors jude i mean there's a lot he has a lot of heart and a lot of moxie Uh, To pull off the kind of life he's lived, and I I think that's a big part of what attracted me to his story is like how he was able to carve out this life on his very on on his own terms in a a very unusual way. You know, not many people who've done something quite like he has done in terms of willing to kind of live on the margins for this uh, to give himself the space to do what he wanted to do. Yeah, and so I have a lot of respect for that. Did he has he watched the film yet? No, no, he's waiting to uh, see it in a theater or, uh, you know. You know, I submitted to the New Orleans Film Festival, which is a very difficult film festival to get into. Uh, I think they only accept like 3%, but um, I love, that's the dream scenario. It it plays at the New Orleans Film Festival, and then he he can come see it there. But if it doesn't get in the New Orleans Orleans Film Festival, which is in November, you know, I'll find a way to screen it locally, and uh, hopefully he'll come to that.
0: Yeah, uh, it's funny. And maybe, Uh... you know.
1: I have a lot of history
0: with New Orleans. I should call them. Uh, I got my first film uh, that I ever that I that I ever submitted uh, got into New Orleans Film Festival, but it was two thousand five.
1: <laughs> so, oh wow! Oh my gosh! Yeah.
0: So, yeah so basically, it's then, then, then they did they showed it the next year, but basically, oh, but it was like yeah. So I because this film it's it, it should get in it, it
1: needs to get into that that film festival. <laughs> it needs to be seen uh i agree with you i mean i i can only you know submit it and hope and hope and pray kind of thing but uh yeah i think it, i think because he's a landmark here is like anyone i talked to in new orleans all oh, pretty much everyone i talked to in new orleans they're aware of him like that guy in the red bra with the chest table on decatur street he's a landmark he's been in that spot since 1981 he's like a true landmark in that way and so inevitably people wonder like what is that what is that guy's deal what how did what's his story What's his How's he end up? Is he any good? Is he is that a real deal? Is that a scam? Yeah. Is, is well, he a freak? Is he a is he, you know? It's like people have all kinds of weird ideas about.
0: Him. Yeah, and you told the story. What did you? We send the audience to you, and the audience feedback. What did you? What did you think about what they had to say?
1: Yeah, I like that. I thought they were um they were kind of getting the things I was hoping people would get from the story. You know, um, and so I, I found it was nice to hear that those things kind of landed with, with those, with those people, folks that watched it, you know, so that, that was, that, that was really gratifying to see. Absolutely. No, it, um, it's, it's a really great film. And it's also like,
0: uh, there's like, it's it's about like, it's about chess obviously, but it's about this man and his love. And, and, uh, and like you said, like he's just, he wants to give back. It's almost like a, He's charging five dollars a game, but it seems like it's like there's an
1: education every time he plays somebody. Oh yeah, yeah, and like I, I've seen him. He'll uh, he'll walk people around the corner. He'll give them tours. If you know if they're if he connects with someone and he's like telling a uh, chess lord and they're really into it, he'll say, "Oh, let's go." He just come with me and they start walking. He'll go down to Royal Street. He'll show them where Paul Morphy. Uh, was born. Then I'll show him where Paul Morphy died, you know, and then add in some other stories along the way. Was the,
0: was where he's born and where he died, like in this in close, it, close. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just a few blocks from each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, th- yeah.
0: But he ventured around the world. Like he just didn't live in that area, I
1: guess. Right. So- yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, Morphy had that tour of Europe he did, where he became the first unofficial world chess champion. Um, but he died you know i think he's in his 40s he was a pretty young man when he died uh but yeah he, he was from a wealthy family and uh and uh he was a lawyer but not a very successful one um yeah he the house where he lived when he died is the uh, it's now the Brennan Brennan Steakhouse it's a restaurant and they have a they have a room uh dedicated to him upstairs with a, a chef, i think maybe even the chess table he played on and it, it, everyone and i sat up there and uh yeah, he died in a bathtub on the second floor there in that building.
0: <laughs> so uh, in terms of the filmmaking progress, like the, how long did you spend uh, editing the film? Because this is a, like I said, this is a pretty solid, this is a very solid uh, editing job Like in terms of transitions. You had some really cool transitions too. In terms of like finding the narrative, you have the beginning and then you kind of go back to the origin story. You kind of get to present time, obviously COVID. And, uh so you like would you would you write like a script yourself with all like
1: how did you kind of like oh no that was all kind talking? of in my head you know um I, I knew the the points I wanted to hit and once it kind of like happened on the the chap my friend Trey who was involved in this in the beginning yeah. uh, he kind of got involved in the, in the last couple of years in terms of giving me feedback on edits and so forth so he was really instrumental in helped me with uh, settling on that structure um but yeah once the, the, the structure those are all, all those are kind of like notes I wanted to hit all along. I just wasn't sure how I was going to do it. Um, but yeah, once I see during COVID, uh, the job I had at the time, I had a lot of uh, downtime where there wasn't really much to do. And so I was really able to drill down and, and get my head, get deep into it, and really get yeah. my head around that, how to edit. Um, yeah, I've been editing a Final Cut Pro, and I switched to Adobe Premiere uh, during that time, um, which was, I think, kind of good. It kind of like, in a way kind of reinvigorated me to had a, a sense of purpose to learn how to use this other new program. Um, but yeah, I, I was just relentless. I, I just, cause it had been hanging over me so long. I got so tired of people asking me when going to be done and what's the story with that. Like, look at me smile Like, yeah, you're really not going to finish that. You know, I had that kind of vibe I was getting from folks and it was like driving me crazy. So it was like, once I had all that time, I just, I just, every day I just like pound away on it. And, um, so yeah, that's it. Just took a lot, lots, lots of time just uh, washing stuff over and over and fixing it and changing it until I could finally mold it to you know, what it is. Well,
0: there, 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 that was, that's a very common story. I've heard this more than a few times. Probably maybe a couple dozen times of like someone's got this film. They got they 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 know they gotta edit it. Oh, COVID happens. They got free time. I'm gonna edit the <laughs> film during COVID. <laughs>
1: right, right, and you know, and Jude's getting up in age. I want him, I want him to experience any benefits that comes from this. You know, like I yeah. said, if it hits, people will come will come flooding the Decatur Street to see him. And you know, he, like I said, he's gonna be 80 next year. Is healthy as he is. No one, we, we, no one's guaranteed anything. And so that was really important to me too, because you know he was so he he's been so gracious and so positive. I mean, Jude will pump you up. He'll he'll make you feel like you can do anything. He's a very positive guy and um and so i, I think that, that that helped me too. Absolutely. So
0: in in terms of the the sound uh mm-hmm. the, how did you clean
1: up the sound the sound design and everything? Um yeah, you know there's there were some challenging parts in there some things i couldn't use uh, cuz it was just too much. But you know like again during the pandemic i i came across what was it Lala AI? Have you heard of that? It's like a it's a AI for cleaning audio, you can, you can sim- upload a song, and and then you can download the different stems the different mu- instruments and so forth. And so I was using that I use that uh, to clean up some of the audio, where it's just too much stuff going on. Um, and actually, you know, I, 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 there's a part of me kind of wants to go take another deep, deep dive and see if I can do, clean up the mix a bit more even. Um, but yeah, once I you know, the Sennheiser, the Sennheiser mics were, it was a game changer is a lot a lot better audio coming out of that than I was getting with the, the road mic before
0: so he so basically to summarize, it's uh it's starting the festival circuit uh you got ours you got the feedback video you got the pr- proof of concept that people enjoy your film you're hopefully you're he, uh it's gonna come I guess you you want it to kind of play at a, a big festival in in the, the Louisiana area mm-hmm. So then he can see the film himself, kind of for the first time. Cause I'll be amazed to see what he thinks about the film, right? And uh, yeah. and he, he put a lot of trust in you, right? Because usually, oh, yeah. like, usually a documentary subject, you you basically show them the film, and then so they can there's everything's good, everybody's kosher, everybody's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then so well, there's you, no dissent, right? And in case he's like, why did you show that about my dad or whatever? Well, Jude's right? a yeah.
1: unique character in that way. I mean, he's yeah. a very uh, very uh, ex- extreme proponent of civil liberties and, and free speech. And he's like, you're an artist, you do what you want. It's that's, that's your prerogative. I trust, you know, whatever you do is great. It's like, uh, it would be wrong for me to tell you to do otherwise. It's kind of where he's coming from. So yeah, it's, he's pretty remarkable that way. Pretty unusual.
0: And then, yeah, so then I guess then the then I guess after that, after it gets his festival, because it's a good film, I see a lot of documentary films, and uh, Thank and you. so you get some distribution, and then and then he becomes a little bit more known, and then he can he can, like I said, he can raise I jokingly said he can raise his his price from five dollars to six dollars <laughs> game, and uh, there'll be lineups around the on the I'm surprised it's not lineups around the block. From now like because it's so it's such an interesting kind of experience right well he, he does draw
1: a crowd sometimes yeah. there'll be pretty there will be a especially an intense game going on people will stop and kind of you get a good crowd of people around him and stuff for sure well for him his ambitions are he wants to become a grandmaster he, he, that's something that's eluded him and so when he competes in these today world senior chess tournaments he he hasn't done it since 2013. he did like seven years in a row leading up to 2013 but there's i, I believe he's planning on going this year And uh, this, I think it's in Italy. Um, um, But the the idea is uh, they have it's different from when it was in 2013. Now the World Senior they have two categories of age, like 16 to 60 to 70, or there's some demarcation where he being in the older group, so he'd be playing against very good chess players, but who are like 75 and older or 70 and older. I forget what the breakdown is, and and if he if he wins the tournament, that he would get a grand grandmaster title. He wouldn't just be a senior master; he'd be yeah. a grandmaster. Um, and that would be huge to him. I think that would be. Uh, so I think that's what he's focused on. I mean, yeah, he wants to make money and do well on the street and all that. But like as a player, that's what that's his endgame is become end game. That's his uh, end game is becoming a grandmaster. And so yeah, hopefully he'll he'll have that to add to his story. You know, I smell a sequel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Eighty year
0: old uh, grandmaster, right?
1: Yeah, and the thing is, he's playing this other, this old guy. You know, in Europe, like when we went there in twenty thirteen, and so many of those European players, especially Eastern Bloc, they all smoke cigarettes, and you know they're aging a little faster than Jude in a lot of ways. And he's he's out there walking around, booking around, so he's. I think he can grind some of those old old dudes down. Now he's like he, he he hasn't lost a step, and they're lost a few steps, you know. So I I would not bet against them. So what we
0: learned here is that don't drink, don't <laughs> smoke, basically, and then one one keep walking, and then basically you'll be in good health.
1: Yeah, that's what he would tell you. He said, "Yeah, walk everywhere." Yeah. That's one thing he had in common with Fisher. Fisher was a big uh, Bobby Fisher was a big walker as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, man. And uh, congratulations on the film so far, and I, this is just the beginning. And it's it's good, it's interesting that I'm I'm interviewing right now where before it kind of it jumps off. So i have a, I have a feeling it will. And I wish you the best of luck with the film and and best of luck with uh with with everything. So with with that's you awesome, man. Hopefully, it becomes grandmaster.
1: Thank you so much, and, and go ahead and give them a shout out at the home Festival.
0: I think I will because I <laughs> I, I, I can tell them I was the one of the the 2005 guy, and it was just an experimental film that I did on on a on a fun little thing, and uh, and yeah, and I was very uh, and I wanted to go, and it was just one of those things where like of course,
1: yeah. So <laughs> you, you, didn't, you did you, had to you were, say the
0: name, but basically something happened, <laughs> and then yeah, so. you weren't yeah right. You weren't able to go the following year, though. Uh, well, I was I was. Starting this, that's that's oh, yeah. I was like, Yeah, yeah, up. so basically, I was kind of <laughs> in the weed. So, uh, well, let's talk again, then uh, and uh, when you when basically either you make your next documentary or when uh, when you yeah. becomes grandmaster,
1: absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much, man. Nice talking to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, shlamil, shlamazo, and Bever incorporated. We're gonna do it. Give us any chance, we'll take.